Welcome back to Misery Point Radio. Thanks for joining me again on this epic journey. And thanks to all the new listeners from all over the world who have joined the Misery Point family over the last couple of weeks. Stoked to announce that this show, our show, is now being heard in 48 countries. Super badass. Speaking of badass, today's guest, absolutely badass. A driving force behind the new breed of thrash metal from a region right here in the U.S. that is quickly becoming one of the new capitals of the thrash and death metal scene. So today, I have the honor of hanging out with Ray Curry, OG founding member of North Carolina thrash band Outlier, and he took some time out of his busy schedule to call into the show. We discussed a ton of stuff. The exploding North Carolina metal scene, some of the legends he's worked with, the two vastly different Outlier albums, and his new crew, consisting of vocalist Anthony Graham, bassist Cisco Rivera, drummer Adam Hancock, and living action figure slash guitarist Rick Ace. We also talked about some of his crazy concert experiences, his apparent vocal prowess, and we answered some questions from people on the Book of Faces. And being the super badass dude that he is, Ray dropped some exclusive news, some first announcements right here on Misery Point Radio. Awesome. So, this episode ran a tad long because, you know, we just went off on some tangents, but it was a great conversation and well worth the extra few minutes of your time. So, you think you're ready for this? Please welcome from the face-melting, soul-crushing thrash metal band Outlier, Shredmaster Ray Curry. Ray, thank you for hanging out today on the show. Definitely been looking forward to this for a long time, so... Hey man, same here. Yeah, thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Speaking of North Carolina, um, as I have got myself back into uh, music after a long hiatus and started to talk to people, something about your area, you guys are growing in that area. I mean, it was always Florida, which has been, you know, the kind of the, say the capital of the thrash and death metal scene for a long time. And you guys aren't too far away from there. So What's in that water out there? What are you guys drinking? Or uh, maybe it's maybe it's the barbecue. I don't know what's going on it, over there. It, it, it very well could be. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty healthy scene uh, out this way. Uh, there's a lot of cool stuff happening. The you know the whole state of North Carolina. Um, uh, you know I'm I've officially been in North Carolina for half of my life by way of Utica, New York. Uh, so I like to uh, throw some props out to my old school uh, thrash and death metal scene from the central New York area, and uh, I feel like I. Uh, spawned that seed down here and connected with, um, you know, the guys in this band um, that uh, I think are all transplants as well. Nobody's uh, originally from North Carolina. And I think that maybe is what makes this area pretty special that um, everybody's from somewhere else, it seems. Uh, and everybody's connected to something else, you know, whether that be down, uh, you know, the Tampa scene, uh, the New York scene, you know, the DC, you know, Richmond, Virginia, any of that stuff. There's just, it's a melting pot. So, you know, we get all these cool different sounds out here and all these different, you know, bands uh, and local variety here. Um, it's it, it makes for some fun shows in this area for sure. Yeah. So the uh, the real question about North Carolina is which is the real representative Lexington <laughs> or Eastern style barbecue tomato oh, sauce yeah. or vinegar sauce? What is it, man? 
Yeah, I uh, uh, I would have to say Eastern barbecue. You know, oh. that, that would have to be the thing. I think uh, whole hog. Um, yeah, that's exactly right. It seems like that's what uh, uh, what pops around here, you know. But I know that's a big debate. I, I don't feel qualified enough to uh, answer that question, you know, with uh, any kind of um, certainty. But I, I think the Eastern barbecue, man, we, we represent. Got some friends down in the Wilmington area, so they deserve it. Well, hey, there you go. Metal and barbecue. I mean, we could talk about barbecue all day long, but uh, yeah. Huh. April Fools, that's actually what we're doing. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes. Yes. Hey, so let's get a little bit of history then on Outlier. Now, uh, you guys kind of started out, what, around 2011-ish? Had your first album come out about 2012? Am I on the right track there? Yep, you, yep, you sure are. Yeah, it was right around 2012, the beginning of... Uh... Beginning of that year that uh, we released our first uh, album, uh, there were some different members um, uh, on that record. Um, uh, and, uh, provoked you know, Anger, pro- correct? Provoked Anger, that is correct. Um, and uh, yeah, so uh, that was kind of a hodgepodge of a lot of different sounds and uh, songs that I'd written, uh, you know, over the course of a few years. And, um, you know, there were some, uh, you know, early Metallica fade to black type references in there. Um, you know, it wasn't quite as thrash as we've turned into, you know, present day. Um, I think it was just kind of us, you know, at the time figuring out what worked for us and what didn't. Uh, and, um, you know, and, 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 you know, towards the end of that uh, record, I guess that, that writing cycle, it just, it made more sense to me to say, hey, I got to go back to my roots in particular, which are you know very thrash oriented Bay Area scene type stuff, um, but mixed with some, you know, some death metal. Um, and uh, so that's kind of where that outlier sound, I think, began. And, um, the, you know, so so 2012, um, really, we put that record out at the time with no aspirations of anything. We just simply put it out and said, hey, our friends might dig these songs. Let's let's put a record together. And uh and that's, that's no joke. We were recording it and, um, uh, you know, had a bass player at the time that was not necessarily the right fit. Um, and, uh, you know, but we we're like, ah, who cares? You know, we'll mix them out of the record. And, uh, <laughs> but, uh, uh, that seems to happen more often than not, huh? <laughs> yeah, there was, there was uh, some, some record called Injustice for All that I think that oh, happened with. But, uh, my favorite um, one. Yeah, absolutely. Now, we didn't do it that bad, but it just it wasn't the right fit. Um, you know, but, uh, you know, it was just feeling out who we were and, um, you know, and, uh, you know, and I had led that charge, I guess, and just started to realize after we put that record out that, um, I did that 70,000 tons of metal, uh, cruise as a fan. I went there in 2012 and I just started giving out that CD to some people. Um, that, you know, there's a pretty killer, uh, lead on that record that was done by, um, James Murphy. Right? I and, you know, saw which, that. How did, how did that come about? I don't want to sidetrack your story, but yeah. I, I mean, it's not every day. Just James Murphy pops up and does a guest solo on random albums. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, it was lots of begging and lots of money. Um, no, yeah. I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> um, no, it was, uh, you know, it was funny. Uh, the, the guy, I don't know, jumping around a little bit, but the guy who, uh, recorded our record, who I, you know, very largely considered to be the sixth member of Outlier is Jamie King. Jamie King. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And he, um, Jamie and I have a, have a really nice relationship, I think. And, you know, Jamie, obviously for those who don't know, uh, you know, what he's, uh, known for best, um, you know, he, he really got his, he really cut his teeth with between the buried and me. Right. You know, it seems that that's the band that really put him on the map in terms of, um, you know, his, uh, you know, producing and engineering and recording of those records. 
the vast majority of that catalog and, and clearly he's done so much more uh you know since um, yeah and uh, voted uh, producer of the year i believe at one point uh by yeah, like, metal yeah. injection or something like that so. yeah 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 it was uh and he as well deserved man you won't find a nicer guy in the industry in my opinion um but uh but yeah so Jamie and I were sitting there and there was a song uh, on that record called Faceless Enemy that um, there was a break that just kind of did a lot of nothing. It was just kind of a groove type thing. And um, uh, as that uh, as we were listening to the playback, he was like, you know, he and I just started talking about, you know, the potential of man, it'd be cool to have a shred solo there or something, you know, and um, and I'm not that guy. Uh, so it was funny. We were just talking and I said, you know, my favorite guitar player in the world. Uh, has always been James Murphy. Um, I've kind of crossed paths with him a few different times uh, throughout my life, uh, fortunately. And um, and so uh, Jamie was like, you need to get a guy like James Murphy. <laughs> and I was like, it's funny you should mention that. And uh, so, uh, you know, I told him, I said, my favorite guy in the world. I said, you know, uh, I'll, I'll see if I can reach out to him. And, um, and, you know, we started talking and James was getting back. He, you know, he was going through uh, some, some health issues uh, at the time. And um, you know, and, uh, you know, we just we really, I, I thought, developed a friendship, um, you know, through it all. And um, he really worked hard on, you know, uh, an unknown band and just was having fun. And, you know, it was it was it was a very cool experience. But like I said, um, uh, you know, having him on that uh, song really legitimized Outlier to a fairly high degree. I think some people are like, wow, this, these guys have James Murphy on the record. And, you know, and, and James does a lot of session work as he should. He, he's absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, um, runs and, uh, his own studio and everything like that. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, so, uh, so yeah, so, you know, um, I just told him, I said, we didn't have any real, uh, you know, aspirations other than I'd love to have you on the record. And uh, as we continued to talk, um, you know, uh, he was interested and, uh, um, you know, and so, uh, and not because he was like, hey, I want to work with Outlier. You know, I was like, hey, man, listen, you know, uh, you know, time is money. And, you know, I certainly wanted to pay him for what he's worth. And, uh, um, he, he just was great to work with. And, um, uh, you know, so, so nevertheless, uh, um, you know, he, he put something together. I think he's got, he's got a YouTube video out there of him doing the solo, which I is really cool. Watching that this morning, as a matter of fact, oh, okay, yeah, cool. pretty yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's uh, it was really cool. And like I said, man, James, I, I really do consider him more than just an acquaintance. Uh, you know, I, I think he and I have uh, really kindled a nice friendship. Uh, I, I have a ton of respect for him. Cool. Awesome. So continuing where you were uh, talking a few minutes ago before I derailed you there. So you were on uh, <laughs> 70,000 tons, hanging out, doing the fan yeah. thing. So, yeah. So, you know, um, uh, I said, well, you know, it'd be super fun to go. I missed the uh, inaugural year um, of doing uh, of doing that. Um, and, you know, and in truth, when that when that tour first went or when that boat first went off, I said, this bill is too good to be true. I mean, you had Testament, Forbidden, Heathen, Exodus, you know, you name it. I, I was like, there's no way this is real. So uh, some promoter's going to take that money and run, and that cruise is never going to go off. So I, I stayed back, and I was like, I, I don't want to do this because I'm afraid that, you know, it's just not going to work out. And uh, in hindsight, it was one of the dumber things I've ever done. And um, so uh, <laughs> so 2012, they did. I said, man, I'm going to do a Coroner, which is an all-time favorite of mine. Oh, yeah. Uh, was one of the bands to be on that uh, tour, or I call it a tour, the, the boat. Um, and so uh, it was at that time that I remember being rather frantic, in fact, um, trying to get the album done, get the album art finalized, all, all this kind of stuff. And we were just complete rookies in, in all of this. Um, and so, uh, so, so by the grace of God, you know, we ended up getting this, um, uh, getting this uh, album 
done, um, you know, and uh, mailed to us. And it was like three days before I got on the boat and, you know, T-shirts, hoodies, all this kind of stuff, you know. So uh, we went down, uh, you know, jumped on the boat and, um, you know, just uh, started talking to some friends there. And, um, uh, you know, I happened to be, uh, um, you know, relatively decent friends with the guys from Cannibal Corpse who were also on that uh, boat. And um, so uh, I was talking to George, uh, you know, Corpse Grinders, Corpse most people know him. Yep. And uh, so George and I were just kind of, you know, talking or whatever, you know, and, um, uh, you know, I think we went to see Whiplash. Um, and I, I know my buddy John is probably going to listen to this. And uh, so the Whiplash Breakfast, as we call it. Man, you're um, throwing out some old school names there, brother. That's uh, bringing, yeah, yeah. bringing me back. Yeah, that was that was a fantastic uh, show, by the way. But it was, uh, yeah, you're up until four in the morning watching bands. And I believe uh, uh, seeing Massacre at 3 a.m. And uh, so uh, um, uh, also some connection there. But uh, so uh, woke up the next morning, we're eating breakfast, and all of a sudden I hear Whiplash. I think it was Walk the Plank or, you know, you know Red Bomb or Stage Dive. Maybe it was Stage Dive. And I hear it. And I was like, I just you know, crushed some food and ran down to the, down to the uh, ship uh, deck, I guess, and uh, go out there and just listen to them. And all of a sudden I'm sitting, uh, you know, sitting there banging my head, you know, 10 in the morning, nursing a hangover. And some guy kicks me from behind. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. And of course it's George. And uh, so, uh, so we're sitting there banging our heads listening to whiplash. So as that continues, um, you know, we're just hanging out, having a good time, drinking some beers, whatever. Um, at 10 in the morning. And um, <laughs> so uh, standard, of champions. standard, standard and, and note to anyone listening, don't ever try to outdrink George be, uh, Corpse Reiner because you will lose. And um, uh, as I've lost many times. But um, so anyway, uh, all of a sudden there's this guy uh, who's good, uh, by the name of Ed Webb who happened to be singing for Massacre at the time. And I really thought it was like mini George Corpsegrinder. I mean, he looks like him, you know, windmill headbangs like him, all this kind of stuff. And so we just, you know, struck up a conversation and, you know, um, uh, I just gave him a CD and all this. And he went back to his room and, and I saw him later that day and he was like, Ray, he's like, the CD is killer. He's like, James Murphy's on this album, you know, blah, blah, blah. And so it, I just kind of got excited and started giving CDs out to people and all those kind of things. And, um, you know, so much so that Ed uh, wore our Outlier t-shirt when they played on the boat, which is really cool. Sick. Yeah, it was, it was really fun, man. It was, a, it was a nice moment. Ed's a hell of a guy. But um, so, uh, you know, just started giving CDs out to people and telling them, hey, check it out. So I didn't think anything of it. Come back from uh, the cruise, um, you know, trying to gain my balance again from, you know, the weeble wobble of a boat and banging your head for four days. And multiple drinks, and uh, so um, and corpse trainer sudden, drinking you under the table. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I lost several times with him, and uh, I thought I'd learned my lesson, but I, I, I did not. Um, so, uh, so he ended up um, uh, coming back, and I had uh, you know a website at the time for the band, and all of a sudden I started getting you know requests from people and say, hey, you know, similar to you and I here, it was like, hey, you know, I'd love to talk to you a little bit, you know, learn about Outlier, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, these are people who started buying the CD and buying this T-shirts and stuff. And, and we really set that up for just local friends. We didn't think anybody would even really care about it. Right. You know, and uh, so all of a sudden I said, we, I mean, people might dig this, you know, so it got me kind of excited. And, um, uh, you know, and so, you know, uh, you know, it caught on a little bit. Some people liked it. Um, I, I do look back on that record. I think it's a little bit disconnected. Um, because there's some songs that don't necessarily flow, 
as well as I think Taste of Blood would would come to flow. Uh, but um, uh, as that happened, I just became invigorated and said, man, I want to I write a thrash record and just go back to, you know, who I am musically and see if these other guys in the band can, you know, can hang. And, uh, um, you know, and, uh, you know, to the for the most part uh, throughout that process, um, they were able to. But then it just turned out where they weren't the right guys to be in the band any longer. So. Very long story, and I apologize for that. But uh, you know, the provoked anger thing—it's kind of a tale of two tapes. You know, that was outlier, maybe pre-outlier, if you will. Sure. <laughs> and uh, you know, but it helped me define the sound that I think "Taste the Blood," uh, you know, describes. You know, sure. so that was uh, so that's our record. So so much so that I think I took that record. I don't even think you can get it anymore. I took it off of like digital outlets and all that stuff. And Oh, yeah, I, I I tried to I tried to source one. I I, I social media okay. stocked it. I went on SoundCloud, Reverb Nation, everything. That fucker's yeah. gone. So uh, so yes, you you wiped it out. That's good. Yeah, it's uh you know it's 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 got a couple of decent songs, but uh, you know um, and we got some some uh, maybe a throwback to that you know uh, down the road. But um, uh, there there know, are just... a couple of YouTube videos though of you playing yeah. some of the songs off there. So yeah, you can't control that, I guess. You know? Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, Once it's no. there, it's there forever in some capacity. Isn't that the truth? Yeah. yeah. So you know, fast forward, and then uh, you know, five six years later, and uh, how long was it before you put the new crew together? And then from that time, from when from when uh, Taste of Blood uh, hit the shelves, if you will. Yeah. So um, so Taste of Blood uh, has a little bit of age on it, believe it or not. But, um, uh, you know, in truth, I finished uh, writing that record. I want to say, um, you know, pro- probably towards the end of 2014. OK. Um, and, you know, going through the recording process if memory serves me right, you know, um, uh, and then, um, you know, there was some, uh, you know, some, some things in my personal life that, uh, it just kind of had changed the dynamic of that band. And, um, you know, so, so the people that were in that band at the time, um, uh, the, the bass player had already left, uh, cause he, he just wasn't the right person. He didn't have the right talent for the band. And, um, so, um, uh, so that at that point, I want to say that was in, maybe that was in, 14. Yeah, I guess that was in early 14 that I had, uh, uh, yeah, I figured that was going to happen. So I reached out to Cisco in early 14 and uh, said, Hey man, I said, you know, I'm thinking that we're going to make a change uh, with regard to the bass player. And, you know, and, you know, it worked out where the bass player had left, you know, so I hate to, you know, quote unquote fire somebody from the band, but uh, so he had left on his own accord, which was great. It was a blessing in disguise. And um, so Cisco had joined the fold at that point. So that was in 14. And then the other guys had left in 15 um, and uh, and that was fine because I, I kind of felt like it went as far as it could with those guys. I just needed somebody in this band that could really represent the energy of that record. And I didn't quite feel like it was the people who were in that band at the time, um, you know, whether that was a little bit of, you know, those people were either losing interest or just they just didn't have the energy that I felt like that record deserved. So, um, so I started uh, talking to some people again, kind of, uh, you know, maybe just had a, you know, a notion that there would be some changes. So probably three or four months before those people had quit the band, um, I reached out to some local musicians that I respected um, far more than the people that I was playing with at the time, you know. And so, um, uh, so I said, hey, listen, I'm going to wait to see what these guys are going to do. Um, but I have a good feeling that they're, they're going to make an exit. 
And so that was uh, at the time that I spoke to Anthony. And uh, we affectionately refer to him as Thonzi, and I know he probably hates it, but that's what happens. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so anyway, so uh, with Thonzi, we, um, uh, I, he and I started talking in the, probably the summer of 15, or maybe, no, I guess late spring, actually. And um, I said, hey, you know, would you be interested in, uh, you know, joining this band if some changes take place? And he said, yeah, you know, I'm, you know, I'm in something right now that's not really, you know, giving me everything that I want. And he said, I feel like you and I could, you know, uh, kind of blend energies here and um, it'd be a nice fit. So we ended up uh, getting together and we said, well, OK. And then once the singer at that uh, of the original outlier had quit, the, the drummer followed him immediately, as I expected. And so um, so we, we started talking to uh, to a, a local guy here, uh, Nate, I believe. And, uh, um, and and Nate just wasn't in the right place to. You know, join the band, super cool guy, but just wasn't the right thing uh, for for everybody involved. And um, so Anthony had played uh, in a band with Adam, uh, who's the drummer, and he said, "Hey man, you know," I said, "Listen, uh, um, you know, I think this dude Adam would like a shot if you could try out." So I said, ah, "Cool," you know, and I'd seen Adam play in their previous band, and the band itself was it was probably kind of like Pantera esque, um, which I'm I'm actually a big fan of Pantera, but. Yeah. but well, yeah, it wasn't uh, it wasn't as heavy or in, intense, but the the best uh, parts of that band really were Anthony and Adam. And uh, and I remember <laughs> talking to my uh, my merch gal uh, Teresa. Um, we went to go check out one of their shows, and I said, if something changes in this band, that's the next singer of Outlier. And sure as anything, I was right. So Anthony ended up uh, joining the fold. And he recommended Adam, and I said, well, I don't know if Adam's really got the chops for it because you know, he's not playing any kind of thrash in that other band that you guys were in. And he said, no, nah. he said, listen, he's got a background that, you know, he's, he was held back. So when I had a conversation with Adam, I'll never forget it. He came out for a practice and said, hey, you know, let's, let's try this out. And we started playing, uh, I believe it was Bathed in Fire um, uh, and uh, off of Taste of the Blood. And when we finished playing, I literally had to tell him that he was playing it too fast. <laughs> and uh, and I'm, I'm not used to that, you know, from, from the previous uh, version of the band, it was never that case. It was never too fast. Uh, so I was like, dude, I you're way too heavy, man. Yeah. Chill it out a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, we're really looking for something a lot softer than this. And so, um, so yeah, so we ended up um, talking. I said, Hey man, yeah, what I noticed with Adam was I immediately had that connection, right? With a drummer and a, and a, a guitar player in thrash in particular, you, you have to have that Hetfield, Ulrich, as much as that's you know kind of contraband uh, to speak of, but that connection is real. The sure. same thing with, you know, Charlie uh, and Scott from Anthrax, you know, those kind of bands, you need, there needs to be that lockstep. And I think thrash is incredibly percussive. Um, and so, you know, your drummer and your guitar player, I think, have to be really locked and loaded together in order for it to work. Um, you know, and so uh, so with that being said, um, Adam and I, I felt that vibe. I mean, you know, his timing was impeccable. He had a ton of energy. I, I could see that he would have stage presence, you know, that we hadn't had in that position before. So um, so a, a, as it turned out, uh, Adam joined and that was towards the end of 15. And I said, you know, let's let's see if anybody cares about outlier anymore in this area because I hadn't played since, you know, probably earlier in 15. Yeah. And it's also just funny, funny to note that you had, uh, you lost a singer and a drummer and then as a pair and then replaced them with a singer and a drummer 
as a pair. That's just a crazy yeah, coincidence. Yeah. yeah. It, it really, it really is. And, uh, um, you know, and so, uh, you know, it's, it is definitely funny, but, um, we ended up, uh, you know, chugging on as a four piece there and played our first show together in Raleigh at our favorite place called the Maywood. Um, it's just a great metal club. It's just the Mecca, I think in this area here. Um, but, uh, you know, I talked to Robbie and I say, hey, Robbie, I said, you know, I think we want to try this outlier thing out again. Let's just see, see how it goes. So he had a couple bands coming through town, maybe on a tour. I can't quite remember. And uh, we played and we went out and there's probably 100, 150 kids, uh, people, I should say, that showed up. And it was really nice. And and one of my very good friends, um, uh, a band called Gross Reality, which is way worthy of being checked out from this area. Um, uh, Dan had said to me, he said, hey, Ray, he said, we missed you. He said, you belong here. And, and that was a really, uh, that was something that resonated with me. Um, and not trying to be self-important in any capacity, but it just told <laughs> me that, you know, it told me that we should continue to do this because I wasn't sure if I was going to continue the band because, you know, just there were some emotional connections there that I was like, ah, I don't really feel like doing this anymore. Sure. And I'm glad that I didn't give up on it because that's what propelled us to become the band. I think that we've become in terms of cohesion and, um, and again, uh, um, you know, when we sat there and said, Hey, this record has real life to it. And so, um, uh, so 16 really started that. And, um, uh, from there, I guess, um, we ended up, uh, shooting uh, our first video for a song called where it ends. Um, and that was in maybe April of 2016. And, um, and that was, that was awesome. Uh, ironically, the video director, uh, a gentleman by the name of Justin Reich, who's absolutely super mega talented, um, he, uh, Justin actually did the artwork for Provoked Anger. <laughs> and, um, oh, but then I guess, it, yeah, but I guess he kind of got out of that and, and started focusing on videography. And um, so I connected with him and asked him if he wanted to shoot the video for us. And he, he was cool enough to do it. He had some ideas and so we shot where it ends um, as a fourth piece because uh, our guitar player had not yet, our second guitar player had not yet joined. So from there, um, uh, things started to come together. And I guess I should probably backtrack just a little bit. We actually recorded all of the vocals <laughs> in 2016 before that uh, video was shot. And that's where you hear Anthony, um, you know, his, his vocals on the record. So it was this really bang, bang thing. We, we did the show in like February of 16, went into the studio, did all the vocals for Taste the Blood. Anthony just absolutely blew me away. That album is not in any way, shape or form affected from a vocals perspective. Um, you know, there's no, you know, it, that's really him. <laughs> and uh, I remember asking, uh, you know, Jamie uh, in the studio when I was just watching him sing. And I had never worked with Anthony in the studio before. And I was watching him, you know, do the vocals for this. And the, the lengths of his screams, you know, really blow me away. It reminds me of like old school malevolent creation, Ten Commandments era stuff. You know, um, just, it's funny mm -hmm. you mention that. You know, when I was listening to that, um, the the thing that jumped out in my mind regarding his vocals was like he's got the intensity of like Phil Anselmo with just that really sure. guttural energy, but it's got like this Chuck Billy level semi death metal scream that seems to last for like hours. It just keeps, <laughs> it just keeps going, and uh, yeah, 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 that that's the first thing I was like, man, this guy's vocals are just intense. So uh, props to yeah. Anthony, man. That guy is a, just just a pile of awesomeness. 
He is. I uh, appreciate it, man. Um, he, uh, you know, I'm sure he does as well. But uh, Anthony, um, it's it's just amazing. His intensity. I mean, it's, it's the whole reason that he had to be the singer for this band. It just made too much sense. Um, you know, he, uh, w- by far and large, my favorite vocalist, you know, and I'm biased, but by all means, I mean, just his, his vocal power just blows my mind. I mean, if I could do that, I would be doing it, but I simply cannot. <laughs> and I've you watched, know, the, I've watched the videos, uh, of you yeah. guys on- online. And so he's pulling it off live. So yeah, it's not, yep. it's not, uh, overproduced, uh, studio magic. That's, uh, that, that's, that's exactly a true, right. true powerhouse right there. Yeah, and if we could slow down live, he would actually hit the uh, uh, he would be able to hit the the vocal power and length uh, that he did in the studio. But we play like we're coked out uh, on stage, uh, you know. So, uh, uh, you know, it's just the the aggression of thrash man. You just get excited up there, and you just want to you just go nuts. And so, uh, so yeah. But but seriously, uh, you know, Anthony in the studio. I remember asking Jamie. I said, "Have you ever had anybody in the studio your entire time that you've been doing this that's screamed longer and with more consistency?" I'm watching the recording itself. You know, you know. Uh, obviously, everything's on computers nowadays, right? And I'm looking at that, you know, that vocal track and the, yeah. and just the consistency of the bars and the length. I, I, it just blew my mind. I think we counted a scream out and it might have been 31 seconds long. I just I don't know how someone does it. And Jamie said to me, he's like, nah, he's got the record. And that's Jamie. <laughs> and I was like, you know, so uh, so it was it was, it, you know, 16 was a bang bang uh, year with respect to that first show. We felt like it caught a little bit of fire. Uh, we did the vocals, uh, and I think we, it was over a weekend. I just couldn't believe what he did. We really went up there to say, hey, let's just do the vocals for Where It Ends, and then he did the entire record. <laughs> and um, and then we did the video for Where It Ends, and you know, 16 started to move from there. Yeah, awesome. And then uh, how long before you got the legendary Rick Ace? <laughs> <laughs> Legend, legendary Rick, isn't that the truth? Boy, I love that. I am... Um, uh, everyone likes the quiet one, but, uh, uh, so yeah, so, uh, the legendary Rick Ace, boy, how did that happen? Uh, so Rick had reached out to me. Um, uh, he had seen a post, uh, about the band on some kind of rogue website, something like Bandcamp or so- something, something like that, that I posted something looking for a guitar player. And I didn't even know that this was an active ad. I can't remember if it was Bandcamp or something, one of those, you know, kind of Craigslist for musicians, if you will. And um, so uh, here's this guy reaching out. I said, hey, yeah, wouldn't mind having a conversation, uh, you know, and um, so, so, wow. I said, okay. So I checked his page out and, you know, his credentials, so to speak, his equipment, you know, it's, it's like, you know, you kind of, you know, list what you've done and where you've been and what you have and all this. Sure, your and, musical resume. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And so, so I ended up um, reaching out to him and I said, Hey man, uh, you know, the truth of the matter was I said, uh, I don't think we're the band for you. And um, so he ended up, um, uh, he ended up uh, uh, saying, Oh, that's interesting. You know, I said, uh, what makes you say that? I said, well, you know, I said, uh, it looks as though, you know, maybe, you know, you've got touring aspirations and, you know, um, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I said, with respect to the band, um, where we're at, I don't necessarily see us as a full-time touring act. And I said, and I, you know, I'd hate to waste your time. And Rick said, well, actually, you know, I'm kind of getting out of that because he had done some, he had done some touring with some other bands that had had some, you know, decent uh, regional success and maybe, you know, some smaller national success. But, you know, he'd done some touring for, you know, it was kind of like in the industrial, maybe, uh, 
I don't new metal isn't the right thing, but it was kind of like in that industrial darker metal kind of vibe. Sure. Uh, and uh, you know, I think he had they had done some dates op- when Evanescence had not yet totally blown up. He he had uh, he was in a band that uh, was supporting her. Um, no, he wasn't in that band, but the, a band that supported her sure. uh, tour. So. Uh, you know, I was like, ah, this guy's not gonna want to be a part of this because we just we're not in a position to, you know, tour the world, unfortunately. And so, um, uh, so yeah, so we started talking, and he said, um, nah, that's actually not what I'm interested in. I'm really just interested in being in a band that, you know, is professional, is you know, consistent, but has fun, and you know, we don't have any kind of, you know, uh, you know, substance abuse issues to deal with, all, all just stuff like that, you know, kind of vetting it out. And uh, um, so, so wow, that's interesting. Okay, well, you know, I'll tell you what. Uh, you know, here's a couple of these songs, but, you know, why don't you see what you can do with them? And, you know, why don't you come meet us at the practice space? And that was in um, probably uh, early fall, late summer of 16. And um, I want to say that we had done another show in 16 after the Where It Ends video uh, was released. Uh, you know, they do this big uh, Raleigh Death Fest uh, each year, which is a lot of fun. Uh, uh, you know, uh, one of our friends, uh, Alan, who's in a band called Detoura, uh, um, he puts that show on and, uh, you know, it was nice enough to ask us to be a part of it. And so, uh, you know, it was, it, the, the crowd response was nice. And, uh, so we we're kind of, you know, feeling like, Hey man, you know, we need a second guitar player to really complete this lineup. So, so Rick came out to a practice and, um, uh, you know, it really blew me away at how well prepared he was. You could tell that he really understood, you know, what he wanted to do. And, um, and, and a fairly quiet guy and the rest of our band is not so quiet. <laughs> and um, so it was an interesting dynamic, but uh, I didn't quite have a good read on him to determine whether or not he was really into it or just wanted something to do for a little bit. Uh, but nevertheless, um, you know, we started playing and I said, how fast do you think you could be prepared to do a show? And, um, you know, he's like, well, you know, give me the material, I'll work on it. And one thing about Rick uh, that I love is that uh, uh, he, he really loves to play the guitar. Uh, that man lives to play music. So uh, so he prepared, and I think we did our first show with him maybe in um, November of 16, if I recall correctly. And um, it, it was great, you know. Um, and, uh, you know, he just really added a ton to our sound. And, uh, and it just started clicking from there, you know. And that was kind of how 16, I believe, ended you know, but that was the really the beginnings of, you know, where this band was headed and where we thought we were going to go. Yeah. You know, looking at uh, all of the different influences that I see, at least in Taste the Blood, um, you know, you talked about wanting to kind of bring it back to a, a thrash root, kind of getting back what what you're known for. That's definitely in there. I mean, I guess the first impression I had was like, if testament and slayer and pantera and forbidden had a evil bastard child you'd have outlier and i mean you guys you guys use a lot of i mean there's really heavy chunky rhythms uh there's tons of melody lots of use of like harmonic minor scales which i love because it kind of gives it that super badass egyptian creeping deathy kind of vibe which i just have have a hard on for um no doubt you know but uh you know there's just so much in the songs there's a lot of dynamics i mean take um you know where it ends for instance which is probably that and pillars are probably my two favorite because they have a really super steady rhythm but then all of a sudden the dynamic changes and you go from a really heavy to kind of a slower to a faster like all in the same song and even like pillars the vocal dynamics on that are just so crazy 
um, you hear different, you know, you hear screams, you hear clean singing, you hear death vocals, everything. So you guys got tons of dynamics going on in your stuff. And it's, it's hard to pinpoint. Uh, everybody wants to identify an influence, but I just hear so much, even some maiden thrown in there uh, for good measure. So uh, yeah, just, I, sure. I love the different, the different factions that I hear in your guys' music. I, I certainly appreciate the compliments. I, I think you're spot on, you know, um, you know, it, it, there's an irony in the name, um, you know, with respect to outlier, um, uh, you know, and of course, you know, misspelled with an A because, you know, misspelling, you know, words like creator with a K, you know, it's just that much more metal. So wait anyway, a second, uh, you don't spell creator with a K in real life. <laughs> I, I do. And, um, so, uh, but anyway, um, yeah, so, you know, inherent in the word outlier, right. It's a statistical, you know, derivation. So I, I've always felt that the band, um, is, is a anomaly. I mean, I, I hear that. I mean, I, I write a lot of the stuff, so you know, I, I hear the um, parallels to Pantera, Lamb of God. You know, a lot of bands that kind of oh, polarize yeah. fan, Lamb fan, of God, fan yeah. bases. Sure, sure, and uh, you know, and, and that polarizes some people. You know, some you know, everybody loves to hate a winner. I always say so. Oh, you know, fuck yeah, hate, absolutely. Yeah, people hate Pantera and people hate Lamb of God just because they're popular. Same thing with Metallica, but you know, I kind of look at it and say. Don't you got to go, care. you got to go back to the roots, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And so, so ultimately, you know, uh, I, I hear that stuff in there because I love those bands, but I also hear Cannibal Corpse, I hear Obituary, I hear Unleashed, I hear um, Violence, who is my all-time favorite thrash band. Uh, yeah. I hear um, old Metallica without any doubt, you know, Master of Puppets is the whole reason I play the guitar. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so, you know, it's, it's, uh, and, and I'd be remiss in not mentioning Testament and Death Angel, holy cow. Absolutely. But, um, you know, so in, in, in later era, Death Angel, in fact, not necessarily the earlier side. So, uh, um, you know, um, and, you know, I can share a story about that, uh, as well. But, uh, but I think that, um, you know, uh, it, it's, it, you know, we don't really fit in any specific category. I mean, I think we fit best in the thrash category, but sure. I just, I, I think we're kind of all over the place, you know, um, uh, you know, uh, you're spot on. I think that Anthony, uh, you know, smacks of Phil Anselmo and Randy from Lamb of God by all means, but he's got his own intense delivery, you know, uh, oh, yeah. you know some, pe some people love it. Some people hate it and I get it. Hey, you know, uh, I'm a Sean Killian guy from violence. I understand the love hate thing there. So, um, you know, I think it's um, it's just one of those things that uh, we don't really fit in any specific bucket. So I think you're dead on when you say that, um, you know, we're influenced by all that stuff. And I, I obviously I didn't even mention Slayer, but I mean, it's, you know, South of Heaven and oh, yeah. seasons, in, seasons in the Abyss. I mean, there's a lot of things in there that those the tonality of those records in particular that's there. And, you know, I mean, shit, blood covered and beaten might as well be a Slayer song, you know, but um <laughs> You know, so uh, uh, a, sl uh, a Slayer song with the Cannibal Corpse song name, uh, <laughs> and a Cannibal Corpse riff at the end of the song. <laughs> hey, there you go. Hey, so speaking of uh, harmonic melodies and things like that, you and I were uh, kind of chatting uh, the other day when we were doing our initial sound check there. But uh, you mm -hmm. know, I I'd mentioned kind of uh, what struck me as a hint of Forbidden, and you know, maybe Nevermore, and then you happen to get to work with uh, with Steve Smith. Uh, yeah, who, yeah, who did uh, uh, a guest solo for you on yeah. on Taste the Blood? And you know, uh, when he was in Nevermore, uh, those guys are from my neck of the woods, and sure, so sure. so oh, I yeah. was familiar with you know Nevermore and Sanctuary and and bands yeah, like yeah. that from back in the day. So so how did that come about? 
Yeah, uh, certainly RIP uh, World Dane by all means. Oh, but, um, yeah. Yep, yep. And uh, uh, so, yeah, Steve, um, uh, you know, Steve was a guy that I had respected. I, 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 you know, known a lot about Steve and the different bands that he's been in. Uh, but the, the album that resonated with me most was uh, the record that he did with Forbidden, the Omega Wave. Mm-hmm. Um and, uh, you know, I just absolutely loved, uh, you know, the first track in that record. It's going to escape me right now. But, um, uh, shit, I can't believe I, I can't remember the song. But anyway, it's the first first song after the little kind of harmony thing that they do in the beginning of the song. Um, so anyway, uh, the guitar work in the beginning of that song just blows my mind. And, um, I, you know, I, I got to thinking, I said, well, you know, when we did the Taste of Blood record, um, and I'm not following like the Max Cavalera, you know, Soulfly kind of guest artist on every single record kind of deal, but <laughs> we had this, you know, we had this long instrumental uh, that I wrote. I'm not sure why I did it to myself, but we did. Uh, uh, you know, as we watched the bodies burn, um, and it just felt like it needed one. It needed a better guitar player than me on it, um, and uh, so says um, the humble you know, shredder. <laughs> hardly hardly but uh, uh but no but you know but steve came to mind i was like man i just love uh um forsaken at the gates that's the song <laughs> i knew it was gonna come back to me the forbidden song uh but anyway um i just thought of steve and i said man i should reach out to steve smith and you know and a lot of these guys you know they don't do this stuff for free nor should they and uh, and i have no problem saying that you know these these gentlemen need to be paid for their work uh, you know, um, they're just phenomenal and they'll add so much, you know, to a record or what have you. And so, so I reached out to Steve and I asked him if he'd be interested, you know, and, and the, the cool thing is about these guys, they're not money hungry dudes where they're like, yeah, we'll do anything for, for a nickel, you know, uh, they, they, they want their name on something that they like, I would, I would assume by all means. And, uh, some people don't like to do a lot of guest stuff, um, you know, but others are like, yeah, that'd be cool. It'd be fun. You know, it's something new and different. So, <laughs> excuse me. Um, so Steve had agreed to uh, uh, lay down some guitar work uh, on that. And, um, you know, to get back to your original question, you know, is, is there forbidden and nevermore, um, you know, channeled within Outlier? I'm sure there is, but by no means am I good enough to play either one of those, uh, <laughs> either one of those uh, bands with consistency. Uh, so I, I, I'm a huge fan uh, of both bands and forbidden is uh, very very near and dear to my heart. Uh, Craig is somebody who I'm lucky enough to call a friend. Uh, yeah, Twisted you know, Into but, Form is one of my favorite albums of all time. Oh, that's absolutely sensational. I could go on about it for days. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, you know, I, I, it's funny that you had mentioned that. Another buddy of mine, uh, Charles Sepulveda, hopefully he's checking this out too. But uh, uh, Charles had asked me the same question. He said, man, I hear a lot of Forbidden in that. And, um, and I was like, wow, I, I never really thought about it. I mean, maybe, you know, imitation is the highest form of flattery. So I probably stole, you know, some component of everybody's stuff. <laughs> and, uh, uh, but, you know, it never really dawned on me, uh, you know, forbidden or nevermore. Uh, but I mean, the, the respect I have for Loomis and Smith and Cicero, I mean, it, you know, it, it's just over the top, you know, so, uh, so it's, it's super humbling to hear that, but, uh, I'm sure just somewhere in my thrash alphabet soup, uh, it, it came out right. on that record. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So, uh, now that you've got your, we'll call it dream team in place, everything seems locked in, dialed in album kicks ass songs are awesome. Response seems to be great. Shows are amazing. Uh, you'd kind of drop the hint, but maybe there's some uh, new material in the works. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, I think, uh, 
you know, in, in 17, we ramped up um, uh, and we still hadn't released uh, Taste the Blood because there were some finishing touches we wanted to put on, just some editing and so forth and so on. And um, uh, so through 17, we started playing more um, and, and I was totally invigorated to play more shows because Rick had joined the band um, and it just added, it, it, Taste the Blood is a two guitar record. There's no doubt about it. You just can't pull that off live in my book with one guitar player. And I had done the one guitar player thing for Outlier for so many years, and it was so boring to me uh, from a visual perspective. People would be like, hey, Ray's going crazy up there, and the rest of the band is just kind of not there. And and I just, that's not what people say about Outlier today, you know, and, um, and I'm very proud of that. But um, uh, these guys just do a fantastic job, the stage presence and getting the crowd involved, et cetera, et cetera. It's just so, so amazing. So we played some shows in 17, and we started to um, – you know, pick up some steam, uh, you know, um, uh, with respect to, you know, drawing some crowds in and starting to open some, you know, pretty nice, you know, national tours that were coming through. Um, you know, we've done some, uh, uh, you know, I think we've done a show, um, I want to say in 17, we uh, ended up opening for suffocation and revocation. Oh, There's a lot of cation, a lot of cake location in there and um so we, we thought about calling ourselves outlier occasion but um so we ended up uh, getting lucky enough to play that show um i talked to uh terrence um terrence hobbs on the boat yeah uh, yeah hobbs yeah i went to uh um i went on the boat in 17 uh you know the, the the lineup was insane i was like i'm never missing this again with that kind of lineup so so Hobbs was on the boat and uh, we started talking and we had a mutual friend who had passed the outlier uh, album to him. And he's like, man, everybody keeps talking, you know, his heavy New York accent, which I hey. love, uh, <laughs> you know, he's like, uh, he's like, man, everybody's telling me, man, you got to listen to outlier. You got to listen to outlier. This is just hilarious. So I told him, I said, hey, man, you come through North Carolina, we should hook up. So lo and behold, that happens a couple months later. And so we opened up that show. We had a lot of fun. It was such a great time hanging with those guys. And Cisco was, uh, you know, has, has been good friends with Terrence for years. And so it just it just made too much sense. Um, and, you know, a, a, a nice segue here is um, uh, that's when I met a gentleman by the name of Scott Pavarnik, who I believe you also know. Oh, um, legendary and, uh, Scott Pavarnik. Props to you, Scott. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Scott with uh, his, his legendary uh, SP Custom Guitars uh, company, which I'm a huge fan of for so uh, many reasons. You but, and uh, me both, yep. Yeah, so uh, Scott is a great guy. Uh, I know you'd had him on the show. It was a great interview. But um, so, uh, so yeah, so um, so I had met Scott that day. Uh, and we'd probably seen each other's shows, but just didn't connect for, you know, one reason or another. But we started talking, and he said, hey, man, would you ever be interested in doing something? And I said, you know, I'd like to. It'd be cool, so, you know. Uh, you know, we'll get there at some point, but, uh, so, you know, uh, so yeah, so we just started playing some shows in 17 and, um, you know, I can't quite remember, uh, you know, the other shows that we had done, but I think we did some other, uh, national shows, uh, uh, later that year. In fact, uh, we did back-to-back -back shows for Cannibal Corpse. Um, and, uh, so that happened for us in, I guess, I want to say December, uh, 2017, we did a back-to-back, -back, uh, shows with cannibal and um i want to say that they were with uh power trip and gate gate creeper this is a great bill so we were lucky enough to jump on those bills um and the response was was huge um I, you know we were really blown away and you know some people in these areas were like wow you know this is cool this is a cool band so 
it just felt like we were locked in. We were having a lot of fun and this band is 100% drama free. You know, there's everybody's egos were, they didn't even have to be checked at the door. Nobody has any. So, uh, it just worked. And, um, you know, and so into 18, uh, we kind of continued with that momentum, uh, you know, did a couple, a uh, couple other shows in 18, um, and then decided it was like, it's time to release taste of blood. And that's so when we put it out in July. So, um, you know, uh, going back to your comment about new material, um, you know, as you can tell by listening to, you know, this conversation that taste of blood was ready to go for a while. And, um, so, you know, now it's, it's time to write new material. So, uh, I, I'm so overjoyed having Rick in the fold and Cisco and Adam and Anthony actually play guitar as well. So, you know, we've got five different people coming from, you know, similar, but also dissimilar musical backgrounds. So the new outlier material, it's certainly going to smack of, of outlier as people know it, but it's, it's going to add a different element. I think you're going to hear a lot more guitar harmony, you know, not to the point of like, okay, this is, you know, this is too much, but you know, you'll definitely realize that, you know, Rick will be contributing a lot to this songwriting component. And, so there um, will be more of a uh, collaborative effort than versus prior entries because you were the one consistent force in the band. Correct. Yeah. So yep. just by default, yeah. having been together for a while now, you're actually writing together as well. That is correct. Yep. Yep. We just started scratching the surface on that, um, you know, here and, uh, Within the last couple of months, we've got some plans for this year, um, uh, but you know it's it's a priority for us to start writing, and uh, you know hopefully we get into the studio in 2020. Um, you know, uh, but uh, I got a little surprise. You know, coming coming down the pike here, uh, we did go back and re-record what we considered to be the best songs off of Provoke to Anger, which will be uh, available uh, probably later this year. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, so it'll it'll feature Anthony on vocals um, uh, and uh, Cisco's uh, bass, and um, uh, you know it's just it's so much better. So not a <laughs> not so, a not a remaster, but a, a reworking of the actual material. That's correct. Yeah, the the, the songs themselves are are the same, uh, but the vocals, uh, you know, just I just told Anthony to just go in and just own it. They're your songs. And uh, he did exactly that. We, we really beefed up the background vocals, um, uh, you know, because that's a big part of our show, too. Um, and uh, that was not really showcased on the first record as much as I would have liked. Um, and not just because I do a, a majority of them, but just because it just, you know, we didn't really know what we were doing back then. And I think, you know, the singer at the time probably had some, you know, LSD is, as, as they say, right. Lead singer disease, I guess. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, so, so, yeah, so we went back and scrapped all those vocals and, uh, uh, had Anthony come in and do his thing. And then, yeah, I came in behind him on some different things and then Cisco with the bass. And it's, it's just so much heavier. It's so much heavier. And it's kind of crazy to re-release, you know, four or five songs or whatever uh, we have uh, slated, but it's just so much better than what was on Provoked Anger. So, you know, we're just trying to kind of figure out what we want to do with that and determine whether or not we want to do it on our own or, you know, get some label representation for that. Uh, you know, well, so it'll be interesting, but that's coming. Are you working with uh, Jamie King again? Yeah, we, uh, we went to Jamie uh, for that because uh, he just knows the material. He likes it um, quite a lot and has been a, a huge supporter and in fact, he really was the first person who told me not to throw in the towel on this thing. 
he just said, you know, you'll find the right people. The band's too good not to. And it was a really humbling things to hear from somebody like Jamie. But, um, you know, I listened. Um, and it's not that I think that Outlier is the greatest thing in the world. I just think it's a fun band. It's cool. People dig it. And that makes me super happy. Uh, we're hyper interactive with our fans. I don't really like to refer to people as fans as much as I like to refer to them as friends. Absolutely. So, you know, so we, uh, you know, um, we really do a good job, I think, of, you know, paying respect to the people who, you know, care to give us a nickel of their money or their time, you know, yeah, and absolutely. Uh, it's, it's, it's beyond humbling that they dig it. So, uh, but yeah, so yeah, we, we had Jamie, uh, do that because he's just the right guy. Um, you know, for us anyway, I, I have a ton of respect for some local folks here that do this for a living as well. But, uh, you know, I'm very partial to Jamie because Jamie's, uh, he just holds a special place in my heart for sure. Speaking of LSD though, as you were telling me, uh, you might be coming down with some lead singer disease here. You were telling me about a, you got to hop up on the mic there uh, and with violence and uh, at the, at the benefit show there. So I thought that was a cool story. Yeah. You want to share that? Oh yeah. That's um, that was awesome. Yeah. Uh, I definitely would not say I had LSD. I was probably, I should have taken some to get <laughs> up there and conquer my, conquer my fear maybe, but uh, yeah. Um, uh, a really unique uh, situation there. Um, ended up uh, doing the show with Cannibal in Greensboro, North Carolina in late December of 17. And a gentleman by the name of James Geyser, fantastic photographer. Um, he ended up uh, snapping a pic uh, of, of me um, wearing the Killian and Kings benefit t-shirt for Sean Killian, uh, who, who had stage four liver cancer at the time. And I say had because he no longer has it as I'm understanding, cool. uh, but, um, which is fantastic news. But, uh, so, um, he snapped the photo and, um, and, uh, had posted it online and one of his photographer friends, um, I believe James, uh, was working or, or still working with a, uh, online, uh, outfit called anti-hero magazine, which is, uh, which is, you know, kind of like a nationwide presence It's really, really, uh, you know, whether it's aspiring photographers or professionals or a combination of all, all of the above, just wonderful work by all these people who are so undercredited for their wonderful work. But uh, nevertheless, um, he snapped the photo um, and uh, ended up um, tagging, you know, or whatever, something on social media. And one of his buddies out in uh, California picked it up. Uh, I believe the general's name was Kevin, but uh, Kevin had picked up the um, uh, photo and tagged Craig LeCicero from Forbidden and said, hey, Craig, check out this guy's shirt. And so Craig, all of a sudden, uh, I, I was interacting with his buddy, uh, who was a photographer, um, unbeknownst to the Craig tag. I was just uh, interacting with him, saying, hey, man, you know, uh, you know um, I'm coming out for the uh, Killian uh, On Command benefit show for Sean to raise money for medical expenses. And they were hopeful that he was going to be able to get a liver transplant. Um, you know, and so I said, I'm flying out to California. Come see that. So we started talking and I said, hey, you know, if you're around, you know, we can hook up for a beer or something like that, blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden, Craig must have been paying attention to it and said, Hey Ray, um, when are you coming out? And, and I had met Craig on the Omega wave tour. Actually, they played with overkill in Raleigh one night. And, um, so Craig and I, had, you know, met, but I wouldn't imagine Craig to remember that, uh, um, you know, that at that time. But, um, so he said, Hey Ray, when are you coming out? So, oh, you know, it's coming out you know, a day or two before the show. Um, wouldn't mind hanging out, catching up or whatever. I, you know, we had, we had crossed paths, you know, a few years back. 
He said, well, I'll tell you what, why don't you bring a guitar? And I was like, are you serious? And he's like, yeah, he's like, you know, and basically alluding to the fact that, hey, why don't you come perform at this benefit show? And at the time, I don't think anybody really had the appreciation for how big that show was going to be. So, uh, you know, Craig is a super kind dude. And um, so he ended up, uh, you know, offering that up. And I was like, wow. And I was like, he must have me confused for Ray Vegas, who's playing in violence right now. <laughs> and uh, so uh, so anyway, um, yeah, I, I kind of flagged him down a little bit and said, hey, man, you know, uh, wasn't sure if you were serious about that or not. But, um, uh, you know, let me know, you know, because I'll need to learn some material. And so long story short on that was. He said, hey, man, you know, the, the event kind of spawned out of control. They had to move venues because it got so big. The demand for it was so huge and it was a benefit show. So you want to have that thing as large as you possibly can. So he said he's got more people to juggle than he knows what to do with. So, you know, uh, you know, sorry, you know, to get your hopes up kind of thing. And I said, no, that's cool. So we ended up um, talking. And I said, well, I'll tell you what, we're going to be out a couple of days early. I said, maybe we can come check out a practice or something. He said, yeah, it's a great idea. So we come down on the practice and, uh, I want to say it was at Shark Bite Studios or something like that in Oakland, if I remember right. And so we come down there, and um, uh, it was myself, my girlfriend, and uh, um, our, our merch uh, gal, who's a great friend of ours. And so we went down there and um, walked in, and there's like 20 people there. And as we walked in, uh, the band on stage is performing Torture Tactics, uh, which is kind of like a B-side for violence, but a famous one at that. And uh, and I walk in and Chuck Billy is singing it. Uh, Steve Smith is playing guitar. And um, uh, I think it was maybe Dean Dell, uh, the bass player from Violence, was playing the bass. And um, I can't remember who else was in the band. I, mean, I think it was uh, uh, Will, the drummer from uh, Death Angel, was playing the drums. Or maybe Mark Hernandez. I can't quite remember. But nevertheless, um, it was great. I was like, this is crazy. We're in this like small, like 20 person, you know, uh, uh, deal. And, and uh, so I'm just kind of soaking it all up and I'm watching them sing violent songs, which is my all time favorite band. So, um, so, you know, they're playing some songs and drinking a couple beers and, you know, definitely a fish out of water because here's guys that I've been looking up to for almost 30 years of my life. And they're walking back and forth in front of me, you know, just normal people as you, as you well know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so, um, so I'm just singing violence songs because I'm like, man, this is awesome. You know, I'm having a great time. I feel like I'm at a little mini violence concert. So I'm having a great time. And so Dean, uh, you know, the bass player from violence just looks over and he points at me and says, come on over here and let's do backups in the, in the mic together. <laughs> and I was like, okay, cool. So I go over there and, and that's more of my specialty, right? I do backup stuff for outlier. So, uh, uh, so I was like, yeah, cool. So we're doing that having a good time getting to know everybody harold was there you know dri fame harold's the best and that so um uh you know in his murder in the front row uh uh, movie that's coming out him and brian lou i mean it's just amazing stuff but anyway um so so, uh a couple of singers had not shown up for practice that evening for whatever reason so you know the guys there apparently must have taken notice that i was singing the lyrics to all of the violent songs without the teleprompter. So Steve uh, Smith had uh, yelled through the mic, say, hey, Ray. Uh, I'm like, they can't be talking to me. So I turn around because they say Ray again. So I turn around, I say, hey, I was like, yeah, what's up? And they're like, "Um, did you want to come up and sing I Profit? (laughs) I was like, what? And I was like, "Uh, sure. (laughs) 
like, yeah, what are you going to say? No. Of, nah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. You know, so I'm like, this is kind of like my, my all time dream, but also my worst nightmare, maybe. And so eternal nightmare. And, um, so, uh, so I can't believe this. And, um, so I end up, uh, jumping on stage and, you know, I've, I've, I've sang these lyrics to these songs a thousand times in my life if I haven't sang them once, but all of a sudden I'm just like amnesia. Right. You know, but they had a teleprompter up there, which was awesome. So I'm like, all right, cool. So I get up there, start singing the song, having a good time. And, you know, I'm, I'm kind of shit my pants, but it's awesome at the same time. And, uh, little liquid courage, no pun intended on the violence, uh, violence side. But, uh, uh, so anyway, uh, and then all of a sudden, uh, David White from, uh, heathen fame, uh, gets up on stage and he's going to, uh, uh, you know, uh, finish the rest of the song. And I didn't realize who it was because, uh, you know, the Dave that I had known and my brain had long blonde hair and this dude's got short hair. So I don't quite recognize him right away. And I'm in this weird element singing violent songs. And all of a sudden we finish up and, you know, Craig introduced me to him. He's like, Hey, you know, Dave is actually going to sing that song. He's like from Heathen. I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> I was like, okay, cool. So, so then there's some other, you know, guy hadn't shown up. I, I can't remember. Maybe it was Matt from Exhumed or something. Somebody had not been able to show up and uh, says, Hey, Ray, you want to come up and sing this song? So I'm like, yeah, sure. So I get up, have a great time. I get off stage and, uh, and it's just, it blows my mind. I don't even know how I channeled any kind of Sean Killian because he is so unique. I don't even know how I did any of it. But uh, so I go over to this like bar area. I brought some beer. So I go to grab a beer and Chuck Billy's sitting there. And Chuck turns around and looks at me and he says, hey, man. He's like, uh, dude, I uh, like your vocals up there, man. You got a lot of energy. <laughs> I was like, I can't really process this. And I was like, um, dude, do you mind if we take a picture real quick? <laughs> so, uh, you fanboy you know, so, yeah, out. Yeah, uh, you know, I I didn't uh, just because you know I've been around enough of these guys, uh, you know, in my life to to understand that you know uh, you know you know they uh, they're just normal people like you and I, and they just like to have a normal conversation. Absolutely, know, uh, but I did see the pics with Chuck Billy. I thought that was pretty badass. Yeah, super cool, man. Super cool. But uh, yeah, so uh, so anyway, you know, um, uh, so yeah, so that was it. And then the next night, uh, you know, did some more with those guys. Uh, had a, had a really fun time. And then Saturday was able to um, sound check, uh, you know, one of the songs. And then Craig had said to me, he said, hey, Ray, he said, uh, you're going to lead the vial choir tonight. And I was like, what? And uh, so he wanted me to lead the backup vocal uh, choir, which was awesome. So it was super fun, man. I mean, I, you know, I had no business being up there, honestly. And, um, you know, but they uh, they were all so cool. And that, that whole scene is just so well knit and put together. Uh, it, it's really so refreshing. It's so awesome. It's still so alive in the Bay Area. And. I met some of the nicest people in the world out there, you know, both professional musicians and everything, you know, from just normal people to, you know, all, all the way up through that. So um, uh, it was great, man. Yeah, like I said, uh, I posted all that stuff. Uh, I posted a serious novel on Facebook about it. And uh, I remember Craig reading it. He's like, you weren't kidding. That's really a Bible. <laughs> so, uh, but it was awesome, man. I appreciate you asking about it. It was, um, it was fantastic. And uh, next week, uh, I'll be going to check out the uh, violence uh, reunion shows because thank, uh, thankfully, uh, Sean ended up getting a liver transplant. Yeah, um, and, and that, so, so not is, only did he get the transplant, but he's he's healthy and yeah, able yeah. to travel and and uh, yeah, that's fantastic news. It seems like there's been a lot of musicians and people just kind of in that in that boat lately with some some health issues and sickness, and they're sure. they're all pulling through, and we're seeing a lot of these guys get back on their feet and uh, being supported by the fans, being supported by their 
brothers and sisters and people out there in the world that just you say, Hey, you know, we love you and we want you to keep doing what you're doing. So uh, props, yep. to, props to anybody who supports that and, uh, and helps in that cause. So uh, yeah, yeah, that's no. awesome. Yeah. It was uh, like I said, man, it'll be, uh, those shows will be uh, legendary. They, I think they sold out. The first one sold out in six hours. The next one sold out in six minutes. I mean, it, you know, there's, there's a huge demand for violence and, I'm very selfishly you know, <laughs> sitting back and hoping for that to continue, you know, so, uh, uh, but no, they're great guys, man. And I, you know, been fortunate enough to, uh, uh, you know, uh, become fairly close to, you know, Sean's family. And we, we did a benefit show, uh, out here in North Carolina, um, you know, and, uh, sent some money out their way. And, uh, uh, in, in the year, uh, two, in 2018, um, you know, to help with, uh, you know, some of the costs there. So Absolutely. You know, did that show. Uh, you know, here locally with uh, some of our buddies from Aragon and, uh, um, you know, Gross Reality. And it was, it was a blast, man. You know, I'm glad I can, you know, call a lot of those people friends. Very, very humbling. And Aragon, you just happen to be uh, representing today. They're uh, yeah, no, yeah, no they're small good. coincidence. <laughs> yeah, they're uh, good, good friends, uh, good friends of mine. And, uh, you know, we, we've done a number of shows with them and, uh, you know, pretty decent uh, thrash off. And they've gone through some member changes, too. And uh, I think it's all for the better. And, uh um, the shirt is super comfortable. So, uh, you know, it's pretty cool. Yeah. So <laughs> awesome. I like to represent local stuff for sure, man. Hey, there you go. So, uh, you got some shows coming up here also right around the corner. Uh, most noticeably the one with uh, divine treachery, uh, which yeah. is creeping up here in the very near future. Another North Carolina product. Absolutely. You guys are starting to, yep. starting to do a, a lot of these bigger shows, getting some bigger tours going on there. Yeah, you know, uh, I wouldn't necessarily call them tours, but, uh, you know, just trying to uh, just find the right fits um, and, you know, do uh, do some shows with, uh, you know, it's all about the vibe in my book. I mean, it's, I think everybody's getting older by the day and, you know, uh, you just want to have fun when you're, yeah, that's right. That's yeah, right. No, no. You're, you're, you're eternally youthful. I'm and, like Dick, uh, I'm like so, Dick uh, Clark. <laughs> I, uh, you know, but we, um, you know, it's, it's, it's big for us to do, a sh to do shows, uh, you know, with, with people that we, you know, really admire, you know, both musically and just, you know, personally, you know, we don't want anybody, you know, we've done a couple of shows, you know, throughout my time and work with some clowns that, you know, have, you know, they're, they're bar stars, uh, as my buddy Scott would say. And, uh, bar stars, that's classic. Yeah. It's just, you know, they're just, you know, not even worth a minute of time, but, uh, you know, so, so, but, you know, almost every show that we've done really has, has been the complete opposite of that. It's just been like a big, like kind of metal family type gig. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a ton of fun. So yeah, so we've got, uh, we've got a big show, um, on May 6th in, uh, Chapel Hill, uh, North Carolina, um, with, uh, um, with a great uh, tour that's coming through. It's a, uh, you know, some tech death uh, variety stuff. It's a band called Psychroptic, which are absolutely amazing. Um, and then all the support on that is, uh, provided by cannabis corpse, um, <laughs> out of the R Richmond, Virginia area, uh, kind of municipal waste, uh, uh dudes who, uh, put together a, a pretty awesome, it's, it's, you know, fairly melodic, uh, death metal stuff, man. It's, it's just really cool stuff. And just kind of a lot of play on words on cannibal corpse tunes related to weed. It's pretty funny. But, uh, and then you've got, uh, Gorod and uh, Macabre, uh, two killer tech death, uh, you know, groovy kind of tech death stuff. And then we're lucky enough to, uh, open that show. Um, you know, and, uh, so that'll be on May 6th. And then we're going to do uh, a big local show here, uh, on May 10th in Raleigh at the Maywood with, uh, our buddies in divine treachery. And, uh, um, you know, so that's going to be a, 
it's gonna be a good show. Uh, we've also got uh, uh, some buddies uh, in their uh, Dark Fire Convoy. Um, it's gonna be their first uh, big show in Raleigh, so we're looking forward to that and hearing those guys. So it's gonna be a lot of fun. And then, uh, you know, through um, uh, through the rest of the year, we've got some shows. We're gonna uh, travel uh, up the East Coast and just do a just do a couple of dates. Um, in Richmond, uh, outside of Pittsburgh, and then my hometown, Utica, New York, uh, in July. So those shows will be really cool. We're looking forward to that. And hopefully uh, some other things uh, here in North Carolina uh, on the western side of the state in September. And then uh, we're going to headline, I think, uh, uh, night one of the Wilmington, North Carolina Death Fest uh, in October. So, yeah, so, you know, it's a uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. You know, we don't want to oversaturate ourselves, uh, you know, in our local market or whatever. But, um, uh, you know, those are, those are some really unique opportunities we're looking forward to. it. So, you know, and in between all that stuff, try to get that EP, uh, as I'll call it, uh, out and write some new music and get into the studio in 2020, man, and just, you know, give people uh, some new outlier. The response has been really nice to Taste the Blood, and I appreciate your kind words and everybody else's. Um, you know, we're proud of the record, and it's just it's just great to see people connect with it. Um, we'll really enjoy uh, uh, that reaction by all means. Awesome. Now, you had kind of teased earlier that you might have something exclusive, first announcement kind of stuff that you might want to reveal. Did you already reveal it and I just missed it? Or uh, is, there, uh, is there something else coming it, down the yeah, pike? Yeah. yeah, no, I think um, I think that's kind of, uh, uh, you know, intertwined in there, you know, with us um, uh, putting out that, EP, um, you know, we, uh, we've got some songs that people uh, like quite a bit off of the first record. And um, so we have re-recorded uh, a song called A Loss of Sincerity, um, which is uh, a song that uh, um, is uh, is very, very thrashy. It's my favorite from the first record, I do believe. Awesome. And a couple other, a couple other tunes on there. So uh, like I said, we really want to get that EP out. Um, it, you know, it's ready to go. I'm just trying to determine whether or not we want to do it on our own or, you know, work with a label that uh, is interested in uh, distributing for us. Um, uh, you know, so, uh, you know, and then, and then outside of that, you know, being able to do those shows, uh, you know, up the East coast, um, even though it's a couple, um, you know, that will, uh, uh, that'll be pretty unique stuff. And, and the last thing, uh, really related to me personally, I wouldn't necessarily say it's a huge reveal, but, uh, I am working with, uh, SP custom guitars, um, and, uh, Scott and I are, uh, putting together an outlier uh, acts. So um, that's uh, that's pretty exciting. We're hoping, uh, you know, within the next few months to uh, uh, maybe finish that up and, um, you know, couldn't work with a better guy uh, related to that. So, uh, Oh, I fucking you know, love that. That's awesome. Yeah, it's going to be a unique one, um, uh, I, I do believe. And, uh, you know, Scott's so busy with uh, so many awesome things and, and, you know, working on guitars and basses for some really, really accomplished people. Absolutely. I'm humbled to... Yeah, I'm humbled to have the opportunity to work with them myself. And uh, uh, we're pretty excited. We've got some cool ideas uh, related to this thing. So I think it's going uh, to it's going to be uh, uh, for the guitar people out there. They're going to dig this one. And this is of your own design. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, you know, we've did uh, we came up with our own design of the body. Um, and, uh, you know, but there's going to be uh, uh, some custom graphics and designs on it that uh, uh, will be uh, different from what Scott's uh, done so far. So, uh, you know, I've been able to uh, find an artist that's going to be able to do this stuff. I think it's going to be pretty cool. Oh, you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> Someday, the SP Someday. Custom. Yeah, he's a, he's a busy, busy dude. So uh, props to you, mm -hmm. Scott, brother, for uh, 
for being able to play in an epic band like False Prophet as well as provide One of my favorites. Yeah, provide the legendary axis for some of the best musicians in the industry. So uh so awesome. Absolutely. Looking forward to seeing what uh, comes out in the future for that. So thanks sure. for that reveal. Are you ready for some listener questions? Some of your own <laughs> people. You've probably seen some of these already, but uh yeah, yeah. I, uh, well, it'll be interesting. I, I kind of probably set myself up for uh, some of that, but I'd be happy to uh, to answer anything that won't incriminate me. <laughs> well, you know, some of these come from your own people. So uh, <laughs> first and foremost, the most important question on everybody's mind coming from none other than Cisco Rivera. <laughs> and I quote, brah. When is Rick Ace gonna have action figures available? <laughs> it's a, it's been a, that's our that's our word that we use and we all hate it, but we can't stop saying it. Brah. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, so uh, the Rick Ace action figure. You know, I, I personally would like to see like a a Rick Ace family set, perhaps. You know, like a bunch of little kids. You know, <laughs> you know, and you know, you know, wives and you know aunts and uncles you know rick uh you know rick uh, would love that maybe 10 or 15 kids um you know in the rick ace you know lineage but uh you know we're working with uh um you know working with the company to try to uh, uh get that done but um you know people just continue to hang up on us and and just run for cover and say they want nothing to do with this guy <laughs> I don't know if it's his legendary hair or if it's just his legendary persona, but yeah, the Rick Ace, uh, you know, is clearly the star of this band. Without Rick, Outlier doesn't exist, I do believe. Well, if there is a Rick Ace action figure in the works, it absolutely 100% must have Kung Fu grip and articulated joints. That's all I ask. Hey, listen, you know, I mean, you got to talk to Rick about that. I'm sure he's got ideas for it, you know, but he probably wants more than that. You know, he's a tough man to please. Right. <laughs> So, uh, uh, no pressure, Rick, you know, you make it happen. Uh, that's right. Next question from, oops, where'd it go? I just lost it. There we go. From, uh, David Lembo. All right. Oh, yeah. What's going Favorite on, Dave? Band. Favorite band to play with besides my bands. <laughs> David's a good dude. Uh, yeah, we've done a couple of shows with him. He's, he's in that, uh, dark fire convoy uh, band getting that thing going. So that's going to be, uh, uh, we're looking forward to that. Um, uh, there's no way I could really answer that question. Um, you know, it's, it's really, uh, this, this area is so unique that all of these bands here, um, you know, we all have healthy competition, let's say, but there's, uh, you know, there's just not an ego related to it. Um, you know, so, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just awesome. Everybody, there's a different experience. I know it's a very boring vanilla answer, but, um, you know, it's, it's so easy to get along with so many people here. And I think that's what makes our scene so unique that there's just not this petty jealousy bullshit type stuff going on. So, uh, you know, but if you were to ask me personally, uh, and I'm not afraid to reveal who my favorite, uh, uh you know, local act is here. Um, you know, the guys in gross reality, I, I think a lot of, uh, uh, their band and, um, you know, their guitar player Roland is sensational, um, you know, but uh, uh, just in general, that just happens to be the band that I personally love, um, you know, but all the other bands in this area are just, they're just so cool and they're so different from one another. It's, you know, it's, it's really tough. I, I certainly couldn't pick sides, but, uh, you know, Gross Reality happens to be a band that I'm a big fan of. Yeah, throw them in the top, right? Throw them towards the top. Yeah, 
Absolutely. All right. So uh, cool. Thanks for that, Dave. All right. So from Mark Tooley, during one show, Ray came off the stage still playing, came out into the crowd, and kept playing in the audience for about a solid minute. What's the difference between playing on stage and playing in the audience? Also, does he remember crowd surfing at the Maywood and being carried out the front door? Oh, man, I figured this was going to happen. Um, so uh, <laughs> that's great, Mark. Uh, yeah, the difference between playing on stage and playing off stage uh, is uh, the number of uh, beers, I think. Um, no, um you know, I, I just like to connect with people who I feel are into the music, and um, it's not a showmanship thing. It's not like I'm like, hey, man, I'm awesome, or check this out, you know, look at my guitar or whatever. Man, I'm, I'm just a dude. I'm a fan over everything, uh, you know, uh, over a performer. I'm certainly more of a fan than anything else. So just to, um, just to you know, have that connection to people, whether or not that's people I know or not know, I just see people getting into it and rocking out, having a good time, smiling and laughing, and all this kind of stuff, you know, um, whether that's on me or not, I don't care. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I just like getting out there and just banging my head with my friends. You know, again, I have a hard time calling people my fans because, you know, or, or the band's fans. Um, you know, it's just they're, they're all friends of ours. And, you know, just getting out there and just enjoying that. It's it, I personally love that until I have to change effects or do some backups. <laughs> do some and, backups. Um, you know, yeah. So, um, but I love it. It's cool. There's certain, certain songs that, you know, for whatever reason, I say hey, it's time to jump off, and it's really not contrived. It's not something I plan. It's just I feel it, and I just go for it. And the second part of that, I I remember <laughs> stage diving at some concert, and my friend Brett Chapman, oh Brett, uh, carrying me from the stage all the way out to the outside of the bar. So I was effectively thrown out of the bar and then came right back in. And uh, so, uh, you know, it's, it's amazing the things that you do with the power of alcohol. But uh, no, it just, it, just, it just speaks volumes about the vibe in that whole area um, that these people are just, man, everybody's just having a great time. And I'll, I'll tell you the story, it's, it's fantastic. You know, some of, some of our friends that come to the shows aren't necessarily metal, you know, raging metal heads like you and I and the people who are listening, but, uh, um, they come out and they're like, man, I hear this music out there. It's like, rawr, 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 you know, screaming outside. And they're like, man, I don't know what I'm getting myself into. And I said, then they walk inside and everybody's so happy. There's no fights. There's nobody hurting each other. People are hugging each other. They're super happy. He goes, as soon as you guys are done, you guys are off stage. Hey, man, what's up? Everybody's super happy. And, you know, I, I love that. Uh, you know, it, it, that's, that's who we are. And I think, you know, most other bands probably are the same, but it's certainly with us that connection is the most important thing, man. We, we understand that people have a choice to spend their money and their time on other things. And the fact that they chose to do it with us, it just, it means everything to us. You know, I've talked about this several times on, on several different episodes and I never get tired of saying it, but I've been around a lot of different kinds of musicians in my day. I've hung out with a lot of different people, met a lot of cool people, been to a lot of shows and without question, the people in the metal community even though they have this persona that they're big, they're intimidating, they're dark, they're nasty. When you get talking to them on their own space in their own place, they're the most down to earth, gracious, humble, friendly, welcoming people that you can imagine. And everybody's a brother. I mean, that's, that's literally how it is in that community. And uh, it, it's like no other. So it's uh, I probably yep. what keeps me, 
enthralled with that whole environment is just that that sense of family it's it's uh it's hard to describe it until you're in the middle of it it's it's like nothing else yeah i i appreciate you saying that i think um uh you know like i tell anybody you don't get it unless you get it right, right? and um you know and i think that um in this you know community it's you know it's not for everyone and we get that but you know we kind of don't want it to be for everybody, right? You know, we want it to be our thing, right? And uh, so there's just a sense of community there. And I think two words, you know, that I would key on there is, you know, these musicians are grateful, um, you know, they're gracious and they're humble, right? Everybody I've met, I mean, these people have played, uh, you know, they've met a uh, hundred thousand people, a million people, whatever, throughout their career. And, you know, I'd be remiss to, you know, uh, not mention Alex Webster, uh, you know, the fantastic bass player from Campbell Corpse, um, uh, you know, actually lives up your way, as I understand. Now. He he's, he's does up. actually very close by to where I'm at, like literally oh, cool. a town yeah. over. Pretty crazy. Haven't had the chance oh, to meet him yet, but uh, someday that'll be on yeah. the docket, I hope. He's, uh, he's one of the nicest dudes I've ever met just in general. But as it comes to music, I mean, just one of the greatest dudes. And for for as popular as Campbell Corpse is, um, you know, I mean, they're they're largely considered the most popular death metal band in the history of the world and that's not an understatement and um you know i'm fortunate enough to become you know really really good friends with alex and um and he is the most humble dude i i've seen cannibal corpse it seems like a hundred times now and um you know we'll be hanging out you know whether it's on the bus or you know after or what have you alex never turns down his fans their autographs their pictures you know and he's just as nice as anybody can be and i mean if everybody could be like alex uh in the music industry man it's i wouldn't even know what to do with myself you know he's he's, he's truly just an amazing human being and uh you know but that's the vast majority of these people man they just want to have fun and you know and do their thing man share their music with people you know and it's it's just great again i, I i'm a fan more than i'm a musician and uh you know i love that interaction awesome truer words never spoken ladies and gentlemen so uh before we wind this down here ray why don't you uh plug all your social media sites where can we find outlier in the world how do we hear sure. you how do we see you Cool, cool. Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, so, uh, yeah, we're, we're just on MySpace. That's it. Um, <laughs> My <yeah>. journal. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> this is great. Uh, we have a, uh, what was that thing called? Uh, Angel Fire uh, website. <laughs> no, um, so, uh, yeah, you can go to Outlier Metal, O-U-T-L-I-A-R, metal.com. Uh, we're on Facebook, uh, Outlier Metal, YouTube, Outlier Metal. Just Google Outlier Metal, and you should be able to find us. And, uh you know, we've got all sorts of uh, stuff, you know, if you're down with um, CDs, merch, whatever, you know, uh, you know, we're really not in this for the money. We're really in it to spread the word uh, of our music and that kind of thing. So, you know, uh, I think our stuff is all fairly priced and, you know, um, uh, by all means, you know, uh, I'd love to take care of our friends. So, uh, yeah, so you can find us uh, really on every, you know, major social media outlet including MySpace, um, <laughs> uh, you know, Instagram, whatever, you know, like I said, outlier metal, it'll get you there, man. And, uh, but you know, Mike, thanks a ton for, uh, taking out the time and, um, you know, caring enough to have a conversation and, you know, check out the record and spread the word of outlier. You know, you're doing some really good things with, uh, with misery point and, um, I enjoy listening to you and, uh, you know, uh, certainly just want to extend our, our thanks. 
Awesome. Well, hey, no, thank you very much. So you guys heard it from the man directly. Go stalk him on social media. Go buy his merch. Go to his shows. Go see him in person. Give him a big hug and a kiss. He'll love you for it. So, uh, Ray, thank you very much, brother. And uh, we'll be paying attention to what you got going on. And hopefully we'll, uh, we'll meet in person someday, hang out, have a beer, and it'll be killer. Look forward to it, man. Thank you, brother. All right. Thank you.